Hello and welcome to Molten Fantasy Sports, the first edition for AFL Supercoach. My name's Mickey Dell and alongside me is my co-host, Robbie Kennedy. G'day, Robbie. G'day, mate. Uh, yeah, what, a, what a fantastic opening. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to that. It's oh, it's delicious, isn't it? We're going to do all session, I reckon. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, the, the boys at Molten have, have put their heads together and uh, we're bringing something in for the, uh, the Australian and the uh, outside community. Uh, for us especially, it's going to be about AFL Supercoach, but uh, stay tuned for other sports as well. So for today, Robbie and I will give you a bit of a understanding as to what our backgrounds are, and then we're going to get stuck into the back line for 2023, okay? Who we think is a premium, who we think what we call mid-price madness, it could go both ways, rookies to look out for, people to stay away from. Okay, so Rob, I'll let you go first with your background. Oh, mate, tennis is normally my background, but let's not hold you back. I've, I've, I played uh, college tennis over in the States. I, I work in tennis, but I also played, uh, you know, played 250 amateur games at, at a reasonable level, A grade to C grade at different points. Uh, grew up in Victoria. I'm now a WA boy, but uh, so therefore you don't change your footy team. I'm a Hawks man. I will put that out in the open, but I'm not a complete one-eyed. I can be open to uh, some good players out there. So it's definitely not filled with Hawks, especially with I'm not quite sure what they're going to produce this year, mate, but we'll see. Yeah, they look very young, don't they? Very young, very yeah. young. But I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing. I think Sam Mitchell's going to—he's showing what he's going to do, and I, I think they've got a bright future. He's doing the rebuild the right way, in my opinion, for sure. And and for me, my name's Mick. Uh, I come from country Victoria. Uh, still living in Victoria with the other half and a couple of kids. My uh, my footy background is uh, predominantly senior footy across country Vic. Spent a little bit of time in Melbourne, a period of time in Perth. And uh, now, or in recent times, I've been a senior coach of a couple of footy clubs down here. Um, for me this year, uh, we're taking a step back from the local level football, and I'm going to concentrate on providing the broader community, as well as Rob, some serious super coach content and to Love enable it. you to get the best side that you can on the park in hopes potentially of winning the $1,000 each week. If you subscribe to Herald Sun, $2,000. And then look for that big uh, bang at the end with the uh, big prize money. So our goal for this episode is to provide you some premium content as to who we believe should be in your side. Okay. Uh, for example, so we, we've dug right into the stats here. And Geelong last year had a total of 9,358 disposals. In contrast, the Gold Coast had... 2,187 disposals less. In super coach world, that's a huge amount of points that you're missing out on. If you're looking at, you know, your so-so players from Geelong versus the Gold Coast Suns, okay? In regards to kicking the ball, which potentially is a big scorer in the uh, super coach world, Brisbane were the ones that kicked the ball the most last year. They kicked the ball 5,603 times whereas Adelaide kicked the ball 1,214 times less. Okay, so we're looking at, you know, your Rory Lairds and Brody Smiths of the world who are high ball users. They take a lot of that out of the Adelaide uh, side. There's not much left for anyone else. Versus Brisbane, they're very one-kick, one-handball kind of side, and with their ins, Dunkley whatever else, they look to feature pretty heavily in this year's side. Or, or, or in Lockie Neal's case, mate, zero kicks in about 420. Yeah, that's right. And he can just rack it up with ease, can't he? <laughs> so 
Uh, we'll go into how they how they score. And what we do want to state as well is the best player on the ground isn't necessarily the best super coach scorer. Okay? So you can look at the – if you're a St. Kilda um, supporter, for example, Dougal Howard, he might not be the best scorer in the world uh, – sorry, the best player in the world, but there's times where he might get eight disposals for the game, uh, several punches from behind, the little one percenters and end up with 80, 90 points versus someone who may rack up your 25, 30 touches. Matthew Crouch, for example, from Adelaide, gets a lot of the ball, little dinky handballs. They're not big point scorers. You think he's doing well, and then he's just he's inefficient in the super coach world. They're the types of people we're going to try and steer you away from. Okay? We'll also be going into the types of systems that AFL clubs play in and what will benefit you throughout the year. Okay? So big point scorers for us this year, Robbie, which you'll be able to back me up, in the uh, in the defence side of the world is intercept markings huge. So for an, for an intercept mark, it's eight points. Okay. Long effective kicks are another huge one. They're over 40 metres. So you're looking at people that are kicking the ball out from full back, uh, play onto themselves, kick it outside 50 because then there's there's bonus points for rebound 50s. That's a good way to accumulate points. And, yeah, rebounds from 50. I've got that noted there. Okay. So your you're effective kick – effectively, an effective kick – an effective long kick, sorry, can get you six points. An intercept – a contested intercept mark can get you eight points. Uh, a tackle when you're or, – or anywhere over the ground, but a tackle can get you four points. So we're looking at effectiveness. We're not just looking at volume. Okay. A spoil's worth two points as well. Is there anything you want to add to that, Robbie, before we get into our premiums? Nah, mate. I think you've summed it up really well. I'm sure there's little bits here and there, but I'm excited to just dive in and start talking back, start talking players. I'm also very excited to see you reveal your back line at the end of this, mate. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you've got and what I've got. It's, been, it's going to be good. It's, it's been be some good. study time, hasn't there? So, Well, I'm still at, I'm still at early decision. I'm just at impulse at the moment. I'm at impulse. Um I'm probably going to hear some fun facts from you, mate. I'll probably be changing my team. I've got it right down here on my laptop, mate, and I yeah. think I'll be changing as we speak. We'll see how we go. Absolutely. So let's get let's, uh, get cracking with the back line. We'll start with the number ninth ranked player last year overall in Supercoach. And for some, this might surprise you, but it was Jack Sinclair from St. Kilda. What do you think, Rob? Mate, he was in my team. I loved having Jack Sinclair. I think he really stepped up and showed the role that he was going to play. They used him a lot off the back line. Um, it's funny that you say sort of the ranking-wise and things like that because of what he know we, his price is going to this year. Mm. Um, but I loved what he did. I think he played an actual back line role, but at the same time, he they used him to rebound out of 50. He loved using his kick. He was very effective by foot. Absolutely. And uh, I can't see him not playing the same role this year. Let's just hope he gets rid of that dirty mullet. <laughs> that was terrible. It's kind of like the modern day haircut now, it isn't is, it? Mate? I'll tell you what. Yeah. Um, and I concur with what you're saying. Great user of the ball. Uh, St. Kilda were looking to him a lot to get the ball in his hands due to his disposal efficiency. Hence why he's average for the year 113 points. I know he might be a high price um, pick for your back line, but when you're getting consistently like, uh, consistent scores sorry, out of players like that, You've just got to lock him in. Yeah, there weren't many too. There weren't too many games that he had under the hundred either, or under his average. Or you could say, you know, one thing that I'll refer to a lot is is those players that might score a one forty and then all of a sudden score a seventy. So okay, the average might um, might look good, 
But uh, are you looking for more consistency or are you looking for that player just to have that big breakout game? For me, it's always been about consistency and close to their average as possible. Absolutely. Yep. And I think with uh, Ross Lyon as coach, that's not going to deviate away too much. If anything, they're probably going to be chipping more around the back line. He'll probably Absolutely. rack up more disposals. My Absolutely. only fear, my only hesitation here though, Mickey, is they're playing Frio in round one. And I don't know what that will look like for him. I think Frio are going to have another breakout year this year. Yeah, they're having so a good break-even score of 114 in his first round. Um, I know Supercoach obviously a little bit different with the break-even system, but um, yeah, I'm a bit worried about Frio being their first effort. So I don't know. At the moment, he's he's sitting there for me, and I've got to see how things play out before round one, I reckon. Nice one. Someone else in our top 10, uh, James Sicily from Hawthorne. So uh, for me, I don't have Jack Sinclair in my side at the moment, but I have James Sicily. For me, I think Hawthorne are going to be a bit under the pump this year. I like what they're doing in regards to their midfield. Uh, their, sorry, their midfield and pushing through the youngsters. But there are going to be times where they're going to be under the pump from some of the more senior teams, bigger body teams in the comp. Hence why I believe with Jay, with Sicily's uh, marking ability, he uses the ball well. Um, his ability to play off his man, he could be in for an even bigger year this year. What do you reckon, Rob? Mate. I've got him sitting there at the moment. I've got massive question marks at the moment. I'll tell you why. Hawthorne have recruited so many backs and a lot of young backs. Um, their yep. back line actually has quite a few players that can play through there. Um, we're unsure of what Sam Mitchell was going to do as well. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, he had, he had him Sicily going through the midfield in the last three games and he just absolutely racked up the disposals. Will he do that again? I don't know. Yeah. My big issue, though, is I've seen that uh, Mitch Lewis has now gone down with a sprain MCL. Yep or sprained ACL even. So no surgery, but out for six to seven weeks. Now, Hawthorne don't have Jack Cunston. They don't have Mitch Lewis. They don't have Ben McAvoy anymore. So who is actually going to go forward? I'm not sure. Sicily might be one of those ones that you see that they may be put in the midfield and then throw forward as a pinch hit. So we've seen Sam Mitchell roll the dice and throw magnets all over the board. So will he play that role in the back line? I don't know. And at that price, you've got to be making sure that he's going to be lining up in that back line before you you put him there. But – He's sitting there for the moment, but yep. since that injury noise, as I said, I've got an impulse team at the moment. He's there at the moment, but we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, coming off an ACL in 2021, he was, and to average 113 as well, which is the same as Jack Sinclair. It's quite remarkable after having 12 months off footy. Nah, huge, huge. Yeah. You might see him be named captain as well, I reckon. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, next on the list, Tommy Stewart, Geelong. Um, he's in my side. He's uh, for someone that's come in as a mature age recruit um, and just has adapted to AFL footy like a fish in water, hasn't he? Uh, his I mean, ability to intercept Mark, his ability to use the ball um, when he needs to get defensive, he's defensive. Uh, I rate him as one of the top three backmen of the comp. Robbie? I, I rate him as one of the top three backmen of the comp. He scares me in fantasy, and I don't know why. I've had him before. I love having yeah. him in my team. He's got to get those marks. He's got to make sure that he's the one kicking out of the back line. Yeah. He did start to get a tag put on him a lot more. It's sort of that sort of like yeah. Mitch McGovern type thing. I mean, Jeremy McGovern type thing where he gets tagged a lot more now. Um, proven, proven scorer. Like, it's very mm-hmm. hard not to think about putting him in your team. He suits the super coach scoring style massively. Yeah. Um but he's not in my team at the moment. And I'm a bit nervous about it, but he's not in my team at the moment. You can only have yeah. so many primos, can't you? 
He's 42% ownership. And to be honest, I mm. love a bit of a point of difference. I love a bit of point For of sure. difference. And people people probably call me a hypocrite when they see my team maybe revealed at the end, but it's an impulse team. And then I'll start going in and having a look at who are my point of differences, especially if I want that weekly prize money. Um, yeah. And to just sort of stand out a little bit from the pack without going too crazy. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see. Uh, next. So he was rated number 23 overall last year, overall with Supercoach. Um Number 19 from last year, Sam Doherty, Carlton, coming back from uh, the treatment that he had um, to score as well as what he did and was very much a leader of the Carlton Footy Club. Uh, very stiff not to play finals last year, but again, he's got a very super coach-friendly role, doesn't he? Here's what I epitomise as my exact prototype type defender that I want in my super coach. He gives me confidence that he's going to rack up disposals. He takes marks. He's always there for the chip kicks. He takes the kickouts. Um, mm-hmm. And when you're going to start hearing of, you know, I'm hearing rumours that he might even get midfield time more this year, especially with Sam Walsh with his little bit of an yeah. injury. To think yeah. that he could go in the midfield and then pinch in behind the ball. Uh, he He's, there's two players in my back line and he's one of my absolute locks, two locks. He, he's a lock for me at the moment. He's Unless good. I hear anything crazy, he's an absolute lock for me. He's nice. He's not in my team, but he is nice, and he may make his way in round one. Well, um, uh, you might, yeah, you might, you might rethink that round two. Yeah, that. potentially. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see. Next on the list, so he was ranked 19 overall last year, ranked number 20 overall last year. Jordan Dawson, Adelaide, uh, started on uh, a bit slowly, had some injury issues. Um, kicked the game winner against Port Adelaide there and blossomed. He's not cheap, but you will find value in Jordan Dawson. I believe he's going to take another step forward this year. He averaged 109 points last year a game. Uh, Again, not in my side, but I don't think you could go wrong with picking him in yours. I think this is why I love uh, our listeners are really going to enjoy the two yeah. of you, the two of us on this podcast. We're going to give them different points of view, and uh, we are missing Justin today. He'll be joining in with a, a lot more comedy and, and expertise as well. But he's the other lock for me. Um, one thing I hate more than anything in Supercoach is trading somebody out and then having to trade them back in at another point in the year. And that mm-hmm. is what I did last year. I had Dawson from the start. I dropped him out when I saw that he wasn't quite playing the role that I thought he was going to. And as he said, mate, from the moment he blossomed, that's when he started playing that role. And I yep. can't see him playing any other role than what he did to finish off that year last year. So um, for me, again, disposals, kickouts, takes marks. He's yep. he's my guy. He's my guy sitting right yep. next to Sam Doherty. And I don't think I'll even look at him all year. Yeah, after watching them, I think Matthew Nix has worked it out that uh, how to get the best out of him. And yep. um, I haven't got the stats here, but I think you'll find from about round 10, he averaged about 120 after a slow start. So you definitely can't go wrong there. Um, I'll just quickly go over the next five that I have. Feel free to pick out any of these that you'd like to talk about, Robbie. So um, a bit of a smoky for me, Bailey Dale, Western Bulldogs. He averaged 101 last year. He was 38th overall. Angus Brayshaw from Melbourne, he averaged 98. He was 47th overall. Uh, Luke Ryan from Frio, he averaged 98. Uh, I've got a bit of a question mark around Luke Ryan given the development of Hayden Young, who I highly rate. Um, Daniel Rich, he averaged 95 last year. Uh, He was 63rd overall. And uh, once we do get Justin on board, we do know he's an avid Kangaroos man. Um, Aaron Hall, he averaged 97 overall. Um, 
And for me, that's one I wouldn't touch, given his uh, injury issues. Uh, what do you think about those ones, mate? Yeah, I'll keep this one simple, mate. I'm not touching any of those. Uh, the only one I would possibly consider for my my primo would be Bailey Dale. I yep. think you know the role that he's playing at the Western Bulldogs, and I think he does it well. Uh, from my memory, without it perfectly in front of me right now, he's very good at hovering around his average. He doesn't go too yeah. much extremities one way or the other. Um, yeah. The only one there, like Angus Brayshaw, I just don't know what he's going to do. I don't Absolutely. know where he's going to play. He got a lot of ball when he was playing in the back line, but will that be the same role? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And the others just do too much junk time for me, mate. Too much yeah. junk time um, or too much could be a lockdown defender, especially be careful this year with Luke Ryan, considering um, – What's his name? Went to has now gone to North Melbourne, so he might have to play a little bit more oh, of the yeah. lockdown. Griffin Logue, yes, Griffin Logue. So where, until I see what's actually going on with that Fremantle backline, um, yeah, I'm not touching any of them. And a lot of credit to a lot of those guys because they've been some fantasy football pigs for me in the past. But uh, I think we're past that point now. We're moving on to a few different players. Absolutely. And just with our our top tier players, um, Tom Stewart here. 2021, he was 23rd overall. 2022, 23rd overall. So very consistent if you're looking for a top-tier player. Uh, Daniel Rich, last year, was 63. The year before, he was 26. My fear with him, Caden Coleman came on really well late last year. Um, Brisbane's run-and-gun type of style. Um, Yeah, I I don't think that I'll be touching him. Uh, Jordan Dawson. 20th last year, the year before, 41st. Uh, Luke Ryan, 45th last year, the year before, 43rd. Sam Doherty, uh, as we're aware of his um, his health concerns, but, yeah, as you were saying, a lock for yourself. Bailey Dale came on. He was 79th in 2021, 2022, 38th. And uh, one that I won't be touching uh, who is considered a primo, but I haven't included him in this broadcast due to age. And uh, the way I see West Coast playing is Shannon Hearn. Um, I think a lot of people agree with you, Ed. Yeah. He took a lot of kickouts last year. And I, I don't know what he's going to yeah. do. I, I just don't think – I don't think it's worth the point of difference risk. I, I, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, but mate, I think you summed it up really well. I think the one that you just pointed out there, massive increase from Bailey Dale, like we just talked about. So, and I, and I reckon he'll sit in that same sort of slot again this year with with quite confidence. And for sure, again, my ears my ears are perked up to have a little look. We'll see. For sure, and and for the viewers at home um, that don't know, the Western Bulldogs do play a very super coach friendly uh, game. Uh, often they've got five, six of their players that turn up or go large. We're talking. You know, Dunkley that was there last year, Bonson Pelly, uh, McRae, uh, these sorts of players. So uh, once we hit our uh, midfield and forwards, rucks and the like, we'll uh, fill you full of information with that though. But for today, we're sticking with our back line. Next, we're going to move on to what we call mid-price madness. So mid-price madness is all about the players that are in that middle tier. And for me, this is anything below 500,000, but below, you know, your higher rookie end, 230, 240 um, type of price range. These are more often than not the players that will make or break a year. You can you can get lucky or you go on a vibe, you pick up someone and, pardon my language, but it just turns to shit. Okay. So Rob and I are going to go through six that I've got here and potentially any more that Rob's got. We're going to go through their averages 
how they score, and whether they're the risk. Okay, so to start off with, uh, I've got Jeremy Howe, 463K, and that's at an average of 84. So his, uh, his strength is marking. So he took 5.8 marks per game last year. Um, for me, it's a no. Um, you've got... Uh, the name's blanked me, Robbie. Who's uh, who's going to be the uh, captain of Collingwood now? Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. Yeah. Well, yeah, they look like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Darcy Moore. Yep. Yeah. So, um, if we're looking at anyone predominantly from Collingwood, I'd be going the Darcy Moore direction. I don't think Jeremy Howe is going to be in the top six defenders this year. Yeah. No, I think you're right. So, I'm, I'm not. T- I'm not touching either of them. To be totally honest, uh, I, yeah, Darcy Moore played. I, I look down. When a defender is playing a lockdown role, and if you look back to Jeremy Hound 2020 when he averaged 120 in Supercoach, mm-hmm. he dropped down at 78.5. He came back up again to the sort of 84.2. But it's whether he's playing the third man up or whether he's playing the lockdown role. And he's actually started being that sort of second key defender down there. So That's right. what I'd say yeah. to Supercoach people out there is, is have a look at their back line. If they've got two key defenders, he's the third. Maybe, maybe, but that'll be a, that'll be a watch and see for me. Watch yep. and see for sure. Absolutely. Um, the next one, who I'm actually tinkering with putting in my side, which may surprise some viewers, Tommy Atkins from Geelong. So he's priced at 461k, which is an average of 83. He was top 10 in tackles last year at 6.2 tackles per game. The last three games and into the final series, he was averaging close to 100. Um. He's not in my team at the moment, but he he may make his way in. Given that, I believe since the mid the move to the midfield at Geelong, he really did blossom. Uh, Robbie, your thoughts, mate? I mean, the only thing I can think of is if he's going to be the new Selwood. If you're seeing mm. him as the new Selwood, then maybe that's where the numbers go. Like you said, mate, you always want to look at previous years and where their increase or decrease is. The stats don't lie in that kind of sense. As I said, going from seventy six point four to eighty three point eight. And as you said, when he had the midfield time, the numbers that he put up. So, again, mate, the, we don't call them the mid, uh, mid-price mid madness no, or mid-price right. maniacs, whatever we want to call them, because they do your head in. Um, yeah. There is a risk involved. So you've got to kind of back your back your thought process, do your research. That's what we're here for. So to hear numbers like that from yourself, mate, I, I didn't really know that too much about him. So, again, we'll put him on my watch list. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a, if, he, uh, if he does play that Solwood role in the preseason, he will definitely make his way into my side. There's no two words about it. Uh, next for me, uh, one of your boys, Robbie, Will Day from Hawthorne. So he's priced at 362K, which is about a 65 average. He's a rebounding defender slash mid. Um, and with the, well, I'll, I'll call it a depleted midfield that Hawthorne have a rebuilding midfield, there's a big chance that he could get a lot of midfield time there. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more of, about him than what I would Sorry, mate, didn't mean to cut you off. There's there, hey, um, there's a good chance he'll push up to the wing this year. There's a lot of rumours that he'll push up to the wing. He's got that natural sort of body for a for a half backer, but you know, we won't get onto rookies yet. Yeah. You've got your Weddles and things like that that might might join in the running out of the back line. Um, and will Day take that push up role to the wing? They did recruit Carl Amon as well, so it's a question yeah. of maybe where he goes yeah. to. But, mate, I had him at the top of my list of sort of, you know, the mid-price uh, maniacs or madness, whatever you want to go with. But, um, mate, he's a quality player. He's got a lot of smarts, and he's very effective with the ball as well. So it, it's not a bad shout. He's not sitting there yet. But, again, as I said, I've got to start doing a little bit of a play around and see who I, who and where I want to take the risk. 
but he's one that might be very much worth it after uh, yep. watch game one and, and see what he does. Yeah, for sure. That that preseason form will tell a lot there. A lot like this next one on my list, who is in my side at the moment, Elliot Yo from West Coast. So he's priced at 337k, which is about a 68 average. Uh, having a look back on his stats over the last three years, yes, he's been very injury uh, affected, but he runs at 81% efficiency when he uses the ball. That's huge for Super Coach, and he t- he touches the ball 22 times a game. So, if he's back at full fitness, um, with a much stronger West Coast side, um, you'd know more about it being in WA than than us uh, over here in the East. But he's a lock for me if he can keep his Mate, body right. Yeah, if he's fit, he's their inside mid. Um, yep. Luke Stewart, if he keeps doing you know soft tissue injuries and things like For that, sure. if, if, if Elliot Yo can get himself fit, he is their bull inside mid. Um, yep. And I think there's no two ways about it. Tim Kelly can go inside and out, but he's probably preferable mm. on the outside. Um, it's, it's, it's just the risk factor. He missed a lot of football last year and he's missed football before. So yeah. for me... For me, these are the players that you've got to put on your list that go, if he's fit, he's going to rise. No sure. different to, and we'll get it when we talk about forwards, no different to your Nat Fife. Now, the question you've got to ask yourself, are you risking both or do you take one or do you just steer clear altogether and take none? For me, it's pick one. I, yeah. I think Fife and Elliot Yo have the potential to definitely play above that average of what their price is at the moment. And the more I look at it, I technically have it the other way around at the moment. But I think there might be a chance that I have to make way for Elliot Yo if I yeah. keep hearing that he's fit because mm. he's a guarantee to go in the midfield where Fife's more of a chance of playing a lot more forward this year. Absolutely. What's the word over in Perth? What's the, what are the news outlets saying about him and his uh, pre-season form? <laughs> like anything, mate. They're running, they're yeah. fit, they're fitter than they're ever. <laughs> pre-season's been the best pre-season they've had all year. But no, I, I've heard he's out on the track. I've heard he's running. Um, yep. It's still a risk. It's still a risk. But – um, like he's out there and he's running. So, mate, I'll keep you posted. And trust me, I'll, I'll be getting out there and having a look. And uh, especially if he slots into my side, I'll be checking him out for sure. Yeah, Don't you for worry. sure. Good. Um, the next one that I've got wasn't very good last year, but I think he's got potential, and that's Nick Haynes from GWS. <laughs> so he's uh, priced at 318K, uh, which is an average of 57. In 2020, he averaged 98 and was one of the premium defenders in the league. 2021, he averaged 76. In 2022, 57. I'm not touching him, but there is potential if Himmelberg goes forward again, he could be that man again. Robbie? Yeah, mate, I I had him on my list as well to look. I mean, once you've played All-Australian status and and put Mm -hmm. up some big numbers, used to be an incredible intercept mark, used to sort of be, dare I say, the Tom Stewart-type mould and play that type of role. But... Uh, I'd be going against what I've just said. If the you know the trend's the wrong direction, so unless I see the GWS football style change, I'd stick clear at the moment. But as you said, mate, quality like that that has produced numbers before, and it's not like he's old. He hasn't just mm. gone down on the on the age train. He's um, he's one to watch to see if their their style of football and their brand of football changes with uh with the new coaching regime and and what that looks like. Yep, get on board the orange team. <laughs> Someone had to say it. Someone yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a little one for you. This bloke's only um, priced at 277k. Have a guess at who this is. His first is it- four scores 
were 146, 114, 95, and 107. Would we be and referring only- to? Would we be referring to the uh, the most controversial trade of all time that went with like a number six pick or something? To yes. the premiers of last year. Yes, yeah. Jack Jack yeah, Bowes. Jack Bowes. Jack Bowes. Well, mate, Guys, if he's I- 200, 277,000 in super coach, he's getting paid a lot more on his contract for a guy that was just sitting on the bench last year. So, mate, um, yeah, it's a good shout. It's a good mm. shout. And I know a lot of people are looking at him. I was just trying to pull up his uh, – do you know his percentage pick at the moment? Where is he? 277. Uh, I've got him here. He's still only at 1%. He's yeah. still only at 1%. So it's Could not a bad really little really nice pot option. My question here is what I would say is this is this risk versus reward type thing in the way of – if he plays, he has potential to score, but what is his lock for his position on that team? I mean, that's that team's stacked. They just won the premiership. They already had depth at their side. Yes, a couple have gone. So you're going to ask yourself, great, I know he has scoring potential, but am I worrying every week whether he's actually going to get picked? So for me, it's a no until I start to see what's fully going on with that Geelong side and whether he yep. slots into it. Also, the other thing you've got to be careful now is the new sub. The new sub yeah, rule. So he true. might be one of those super subs yeah. who gets picked each week and you're wondering whether he's going to get the, uh, dare I say, the vest. I know it's mm-hmm. been the best. It's been the most controversial move by uh, the it? AFL. Yeah. Everyone hated the vest. So we do a medi sub. Oh, now we'll get rid of the medi sub yeah, and we'll just right. do this tactical sub. So it's basically the same thing without wearing a vest. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit concerned on his position, uh, yep. you know, percentage, to be totally yep. honest. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for me... It's uh, well publicised on how much money he is making, and I think that Geelong almost have to try him at, at that much money. You know, yeah, you got your number six pick and a good player with that, but um, with those sorts of numbers and his ability, like he was when he was up and going, he was the running player. He was the one that the ball was going through his hands at Gold Coast. Um, if he's in, he's on. Like I. I expect a couple of hundred thousand dollar increase if he's playing. No worries at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I must correct myself, mate. Sorry, Jack Bowes and Jed Buse, very close in name and very close in price. Yeah. Jack Bowes is, is 16% ownership. So people have jumped on your idea here. Um, for me, it's risky, but I think it's it could be one that really pays off. Literally. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yep. Yeah. All right. So there, there are our six. Uh, what we'll do at the end of this is we'll uh, put up our um, our Twitter, our uh, Instagram, our Facebook website. Uh, if you guys, the viewers, want to uh, send us an email, any sorts of questions, uh, we'll bring it up on our show when we're on next, or podcast, sorry, and uh, we'll go through that and detail as to why we're picking or not picking certain players. Okay, we're going to move on to our, our rookie um, prices or our schoolboys, as I'd like to call it. These are the younger players of the comp or um, players that are coming back from serious injuries who haven't played for the last year, two years, where there could be um, great value. Okay. Um, for me, first of all, uh, Sam Darcy, Western Bulldogs. We saw towards the end of the year, yes, he's uh, 50 kegs dripping wet, like there's not much of him. But at 243k, a forward back option, so you can swing him forward. He could be the 
intercepts the intercept person, the the player that plays off their man at Western Bulldogs, which is what we've heard in in their uh, intra club games. Um, I'd be locking him in. Yeah, I think if you if they do play him as a back, I think he's someone you really have to consider, which makes sense for their lineup at the moment after they uh, picked up Rory Lobb. Uh, mm-hmm. So Rory Lobb, Lobb now you'd think would go in and be that that forward ruck. Um, they're playing with that forward line a lot. They have a lot of young, tall forwards. Hugo uh, Hagen, they're trying to find the slot for him and all those types of things as well. So Darcy is kind of one of those that wants to be a forward ruck and, and he has said he wants to be that. I think he's maybe the one that's going to have to lose that spot there and go down to the back line if he wants mm-hmm. to play AFL footy. So it's not a bad shout. Um, again, again, what a team to try and get a spot in though. It's a, it's a tough spot to, to get a consistent position. They do have Tim O'Brien who's another one that can swing back there in the back line. Um, I don't lo- I don't mind you thinking. Um, yeah. Watch this space for me. Watch this for space sure. for me. I think with, yeah, Oogle Hagen, Bruce, Norton, Lobb, that's a lot of forward power. I, I can see him honing his craft down back, which is, uh, you know, a lot of players start their career down back and work their way forward. They learn how the ball comes in the forward line, leading patterns, all that sort of jazz. So, I think he's going to be a special player with time. Could this year be his breakout? We'll wait and see. But for me, he's in my side. Uh, the next really? one I've got on my list. Is he What's in your up? side? He's is he in your side? He's absolutely you're taking, my side. You're taking the high, high price. I say the word rookie, but he's that low price, so he's in that era. You're taking the 240-odd. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Oh, mate, that's guts, though. I like We're doing it. it. We're doing it. Um, next is another player that I'm going to pick. Um, He's in my side at the moment, Darcy Wilmot from Brisbane. So I don't know how this works for our viewers at home, but he played three games of senior footy with the Brisbane Lions last year. He scored 52, 61, and 73. So you work that out at 123. If he scores consistently, you know, there his average is about 62. Um, he's going to make you 250000 no worries, where you can use that money to upgrade. So yeah. for me, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, abs- no, absolute no-brainer. I think you summed it up very well too. I think he's I think he's sitting in 45 or 55% of teams at the moment as well. I mean, yeah. we'll probably do a more specific rookie show. The closer we get, rookies get for moved sure. all around. Everybody waits to see those round one rosters. But I think he's sitting in everybody's team right now. And you'd yeah. be silly not to. And I think... For me, there's a bit of comfort there where he's come into a side that was playing finals footy too. So it's not just, here you go, kid, here's a game for you. Get your feet wet so you know what to expect next year. They're throwing him in the fire in front of however many thousand people they were playing in front of and Boyle Report's playing well. So he's a, he's a yes for me. Uh, the next one, Connor McKenna. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, me being an, an Essendon fellow, I was a bit distraught when he left because he was quite uh, quite exciting to watch um, and having that Gaelic background and doing all those sorts of tricks. Um, he was fun, but yes, he took off. Um, he's not in my side at the moment, but average at a hundred, no, sorry, his starting price is 167000 When he last played at Essendon, he averaged 74 in 18 games. So you can definitely do worse. If he is picked, he'll be in. My concern is there's no AFL footy experience there for the past three years. Robbie? Yeah, I've, 
I've got him in there because if he's picked, then he'll stay on my side because he only knows how to play one way, and that's run around, mm-hmm. get the get the handball out the back, carry, kick long, normally quite effective with it as well. Um, so if he's picked, he's in my side, mainly for a monetary value. I don't think he's going to be that famous Nick Davis type, um, sorry, Nick Dacos type rookie that could get you over 100 or something like that on a certain game. But um, for me, he'll do enough to increase in value. And like you said, you've got to have those players there that you know if they're picked, We'll increase in value, and then we uh, we know that's when the magic happens with the trades during the year to really keep continually growing sure. the bank, mate. Yeah. For sure. What we do want to stress too to our viewers, uh, if we do tell you or we do recommend that you pick someone and they don't turn up round one or round two, don't panic, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's a long season and a lot of people burn their trades early and then come buy rounds or towards the end of the year when you're playing finals, particularly in cash leagues where there's some incentive to do well, patience is a virtue, okay? And, and, and mate, I think you're spot on. I think, I think we'll get into it, obviously, deeper in another show. But looking at that break-even, that break-even to make the trade, that's the mm-hmm. smart move as well. So, yeah, no panic. Um, but like we said, we'll talk loopholes and things like that another time. There has to be a loophole somewhere. Don't have to full side to start with if you want to play that loophole role because that hurt me last year not having the loophole where – I think a lot of people are going to do the same one, which is in their ruck stocks, but we'll, uh, we'll save I that for so. a later show. Yeah. That's it. Uh, next up, Corey Wagner. Um, he's at Frio, 117K. Absolutely dominated the VFL over here for Port Melbourne last year. Um, he's a yes for me. I think that's yeah, sure. yes yeah. I'll put him on the bench at the moment, but mainly to see. I'm lucky I've got a couple of mates who work at Frio, so I'll keep asking them on whether there's actually a role for him and what that looks like. I, he's more sitting there at the moment, so I don't forget him. Like, it's just, yeah. uh, let's put him in there, that impulse team. He's there. If I start hearing more about other rookies and things like that, I can make the switch, but he's sitting there for the moment just so uh, we'll see what happens. Watch his space. He did average in the 50s when he was last in the AFL. So, and that was three or four years ago. Um, I think with the, the mature body, um, yeah, and being in Perth under Justin Longmuir, the big open grounds, if he gets a game, I think... Pick him for sure. It's, it's a, again, money. It's all about yep. him just getting above what his break even is, makes us some money, and then we'll go from there. Yep. There's one here I want to bring up with you, given that he's a Perth boy, but we've heard a lot of buzz about over here in Victoria. Ruben Gibney from West Coast. Yeah, you, mate, what, I've heard nothing. What's, I've heard what's nothing the buzz? Because, yeah, heard nothing but good things about him. Um, I've heard that he is an absolute bull of a player who is exactly what they're looking for. The rumours of what West Coast did, West Coast truly tra- um, drafted for the positions that they needed. Um, I mean, he was a top 10 talent for sure. It was always going to happen. He's a West Aussie boy, so he's going to be happy to stay here. Um, and yeah, I think he's I think he's got to be in everybody's side. He's going to play. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if I didn't see him picked in that first side. And he's the kind of one that you actually probably put on your ground. Um, yeah as your rookie price player for me. He, he's on my ground, um, and I think I'm going to be pretty happy with him for a little while. Um, yep. I wanted to click on and see what he's – I'm assuming his percentage at what is he at the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's picked in 74 teams at the Huge. moment. He, yeah. He's apparently starting at 26% of those. I mean, I, I, I tend to think we're going to start to see him moving into that starting position. He'll take that – he'll take that D4 to D6 position depending on what kind of team people are playing. Are they doing the primo rookies or are they doing the – mid-price madness type of thing. But if you're doing yep. the primos and, and rookies, I reckon he's most people's D4 or D5 to start with. For sure. Um, we've had comparisons over here to a young Clayton Oliver. Mm. I, 
I hate those comparisons. I hate them. Yeah. Mate, but you know if- how many people – I mean, Paddy Dow was meant to be the next – um, Scott Pendlebury. I mean, they're yeah. just just because they look a bit classy on the outside and things like that. But I mean, yes, there's the similarities in the size, the structure, the way that he plays his footy. Um, so I can see that. But sometimes I'm like, just let the kids play. Do you know, yeah, just sure. let the kids play. But um, yeah, he'll he'll be he'll have a you know sixty thousand people probably screaming for him every week. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see if the West Coast fan turn up this year. Yeah. They're, a bit, they're a little bit. Yeah, uh, if they're winning, they're there, kind of thing. If you get me, couldn't be Sorry, any worse than last you can, year. You can hit me up, West Coast fans. I've been hit in the guts by West Coast all the time from living here, but I don't mind them. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they go. Uh, Charlie Dean, Collingwood. So I haven't got his stats on his ownership at the moment, but he was highly touted to break into Collingwood's backline last year, and then sustained, I believe, what was a foot injury. Um, and missed half of the year and slowly worked his way back. But um, a big preseason, I think you'll find that he'll be in Collingwood's back six. Uh, he's a watch player for me um, purely because he has had that injury layoff. Um, this is his first full preseason with an AFL club. Um, and just to see how Collingwood um, line up in their preseason games and how they're going to structure around the ground. They had a very successful year last year. Um, and yeah, whether they can back that up or whether the uh, the pack catches up is another thing. So, uh, any word on Charlie Dean for you, mate? Well, I just found out he's at thirteen percent ownership at the moment, mate, and um, he hasn't sort of been on my radar. But I'll I'll go and check him out a little bit and see. Thirteen percent is a number that you can't really deny. I think anything over yeah. those sort of you know double digits, we'll we'll have a look and watch his space. But um, yeah, Collingwood's an interesting one this year. I mean, what yeah. a phenomenal year last year. We know about all the comebacks and all the tight ones, so we'll watch this space. Yeah. Um, and there's one more that I have here, uh, Joshua Gota. So I wish uh, Justin was on today so we could talk <laughs> yeah. a bit about him. He's, uh, he's a two-wide kangaroo supporter. Um, he played one game last year, scored 70. He's priced at 192K. Um it's a no for me, just given that uh, Alistair Clarkson, it's a whole new game plan, a whole new system. He's got a history of being successful, so he'll want to implement um, a lot of the things that he did successfully at Hawthorne right from the start. Whether that translates to success straight away or not, I'm not too sure. But um, given that he wasn't a regular last year and only played his, his one game towards the back end of the year, it's a no for me. Yeah, I'm a I'm a wait to hear from Justin, and then I'll go and do some more research because yeah. the last time I spoke to Justin, he was sending me through all the stats from their preseason game they were having their intra club game. I said, mate, that's North Melbourne playing against North Melbourne. I don't care about the stats from this game. Let's be very <laughs> let's be very clear about this. Don't get me wrong, there are a couple of North Melbournes in my team. He's not one of them at the moment. He is not one of them at the moment. But um, yeah, nah. I think the only one you're sort of really missing that's kind of on my radar, mate, would be uh, Campbell Chesser. So Campbell yes, Chesser. I do have him. Um, yes. So I've got Campbell Chesser at 123, 900, recruited to play that role. Um, obviously, um, missed a bit of footy and things like that. But Campbell Chesser, I've actually got him sitting in my midfield bench at the moment. Just, again, another one of those that I knew of him, knew he's probably going to slide into my side. I love having those dual positions that I can switch around, which currently for me is 
um, would be like your Wagner is on the bench mm-hmm. and then I've got my Chester. So if I need to make some moves at different times, I can. Um, and then um, Gimby's the other one who's a dual position. So be aware that I've got Campbell Chester in my team, but he's sitting on my bench in the midfield at the moment. Yep. I'm exactly the same. Those are dual position statuses. They're huge. Yeah. Oh, so massive. For- I think for anyone out there, if you're if you're really thinking about your team, those dual positions just give you that a little bit of an ability for flexibility, especially if somebody's out for one week, you just sort of heard something's going on, so you don't have to panic. If they're not somebody that you need to move in and out to make sure that score's huge, just having that ability to do a little switcheroo here and there, no different to when come trade time, being able to push one to one position and go from there. I mean, the big thing to tell people is you know your, your, your mid – Field depth is huge. So having somebody that might then move to the back line because they're getting a good score um, and then trading in another mid who's getting a bit of score. So we'll touch on that more. But, yeah, dual positions, if you don't have them, you're going to get stuck a little bit, in my opinion. For sure. I couldn't have said that any better, mate. That's exactly the purpose behind that. And as we said earlier, it's to save your trades. So you're not burning through them too early and – you've got that back up for later in the year when the big money's there to be won or bragging rights in your local league. So what we'll do now is Robbie and I are going to go through our defensive lineups at the moment. So as a disclaimer, these are subject to change, but for now (laughs) this is on our research and how we believe teams are going to line up or how these players are going to line up within their sides that are going to maximise our scoring potential to hopefully break into that top 250 players Australia-wide this year. Um, To start off with, James Sisley for me. He's number one. Um, As we stated earlier, intercept king. Uh, Robbie being a Hawthorne man, throwing a bit of doubt into my mind given the (laughs) potential to uh, throw him into the midfield. Uh, It's Sam Mitchell. They're looking to rebuild. They're young. Um, but if he's back and with their team uh, not having that senior experience and potentially being under the pump a bit, uh, if he's back and the you know repeated entries from other teams, those intercept possessions and his ability to hit targets on long kicks, uh, even though he's uh, mentally not the strongest in the game, uh, I think price-wise and value for scoring, he's a yes for me. Uh, we'll go to you, Rob. We'll go one for one, mate. I've got him sitting there as well, mate. I've got him sitting there at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I've got Sicily sitting at the moment. But uh, yep. watch this space. Watch this space. Yep. Uh, number two for me, Tom Stewart. Uh, we spoke about him earlier. We've spoken about most of the ones that I've got here. Um, intercept King can lock down when required. Um, ultra consistent. He was 23rd overall in 2021, 23rd overall in 2022. Um, if he's around that mark again, Safe as houses, he's in. Yeah, so he's not in my side at the moment, but again, he could be that one that you you swap in for for James Sicily, and again, you already make yourself twenty thousand dollars back, and there, and every argument to say Tom Stewart for twenty thousand less than James Sicily would be a great buy. Um, so for me, it's Sam Doherty. Talked about him, uh, his lock number one for me. Um, I think he just continues to produce and produce and produce, um, and if he gets midfield time, it's only going to go up and up, in my opinion. There's injury issues there, but he looked pretty fit last year, so I have to just go with quality, and he's quality to me. For sure. I think I went two there, mate. So, oh, no, you had James Sicily as well, didn't you? Yeah. That's right. So my um, one that's a little bit off the radar at the moment, who I think is going to have an even bigger year this year, 
At D3, I've got Nick Dacos. Um, yeah, there's a big shaking of the head from Rob, but um, I think he's going to take that next step. I really do. I think I just lost like I think I just I think I just lost five thousand viewers. Actually, you know what? I probably <laughs> provoked five thousand Colin yeah. fans to get yeah. on here. You know what? And like, look, I think he is phenomenal. I think he's going to have a fantastic career. I think he does a great job. But I'm actually I'm actually on the mindset of I think he actually played that backline role really well last year. And there's a lot of talk of him going into the midfield, but I'm unsure what that will actually do. Mm-hmm. I liked how he came past, got the handball, he got the chip kick, he was effective by foot. So mm-hmm. him going to the midfield, strangely, is an I'm unsure kind of thing. Yeah. So it could be that one where you look back at me and I go, I don't have Nick and I'm probably trading him in round five. But let's let's watch this uh, watch this area. And this is why it's great to have these type of podcasts. But it's not a bad pick. It's just a, it's a no for me. My, my number three is Jordan Dawson. Um, I said it earlier, I think him and Doherty will be the set and forget type style for me. I think I know exactly the role that he's going to play and I feel extremely confident about it. And I think the uh, the Adelaide style is now set in place and I think he's just going to get points after points after points every week for me. The only concern that I'll have to watch is if they do start to, to tag him, which they did in certain games near the end of the year, I've just got to watch that and be careful of what that looks like. Just some stats for the uh, the viewers or the uh, people that are listening in. Nick, Nick Dacos in 46% of teams. I've just picked up on that. Did a lot of kickouts. Uh, a lot of kickouts, a lot of playing on and generating points that way. I, 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 mate, I, it's, again, I, it's not a bad pick. I, I will not question the pick. It's just an unsure for me. Unsure. So at D4 for me, Elliot Yo. This is, again, this is that watch this space, but... If he plays, he's an inside mid. He's a bigger body. 6'2", I think, or 6'3", Robbie, from memory. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, he's a yes for me. So D4, Elliot Yo. Yeah, so I've gone a very much primo uh, rookie style at the moment, so I'm already on to Ruben Gibb. Uh, Gimby is my my D4. We've talked about it. I like your Ali O pick. As I said, mate, if he looks fresh and I hear nothing but good things, there's a very good chance I throw him into my back line. Yep. Uh Mr. Gimby is D5 for me. Um, you were saying before you don't like the uh, preseason hype and the comparisons to players, but uh, we all know what Clayton Oliver's like and how he started, and he was a ball magnet right from the start. So um, I think uh, West Coast will stick fat with him and give him game time, and he then hopefully generate into the player that his comparisons are at the moment. So... Um, don't get us wrong for the people that are listening in. There will be some lean time with or lean times with rookies or people that are um, not costing as much in super coach, but patience is a virtue. You could have a couple of weeks with 50, 60s and then bang, you might get your hundreds. So for me, he's a D5. Yeah. So I've got Connor McKenna at five. Um, like we said before, I think he can yeah. play and there's a big question mark of whether he plays and how comfortable I feel he's going to play every week. I think he becomes their runoff, the backline player. Um, and again, he's a, he's a value piece at 167,000. I, you know, if he plays, he's breaking that number. But again, with the sub rule, I'm going to have to watch it. You're going to have to be careful. So yeah, yep, for sure. But he's there at the moment. Uh, Jack Bowes, Geelong, D6. I've got him in at the moment. I'd, I really do believe that Geelong are going to give him a crack at being that running defender again, try and get the ball through his hands. He is a good user of the ball. Um, Hopefully he stays fit. 
Um, yeah, he's in. Yeah, I've got Weddle. Uh, from Hawthorne. I've heard nothing but amazing things with his running capacity, uh, the okay. stats that he's been getting, the role that he's going to play. I think he's sparked up the years of Sammy Mitchell. Um, so he's sitting in my D6 slot at the moment. Again, you know, the bench could easily move into that position, but I've heard nothing but good things. So at the moment, he's sitting there. And um, again, if he gets picked, great. If not, we'll make a move. Awesome. And bench-wise, I've got Darcy Wilmot and Corey Wagner. So we've spoken about both of them before. Um, Wilmot averaged 60-odd for Brisbane in their senior side during finals last year. He's bargain price for our viewers. Go and grab him. Can I I set you a task here, mate? Go for it. How how good's your math? Like, on a rough estimate, how much have you kind of spent on your back line? Because you've got a couple – I mean, Dacos is your 500K, and then you've got Elliot Yo is what? What's Elliot Yo's price? 337. So you've got two there at about 837 where I go, oh, no, so like the Dawson at 603 compared to a Gimby at 170, so about 770. So, yeah, so you're spending a little bit more in your back line by the sound of things. You've sort of gone that. Yeah, okay. I'm at uh, 172. I'm at about 2-3 for my back line. This is good. This is what we'll talk to listeners, those. I mean, if you're experienced, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you're not, this is Mm. that – Primo and rookie style versus Primo with a mid price, two kind of mid price risks with two rookies. It's where and when you sort of look to that kind of value and what you want to do. So, yeah, no, interesting. And as I said, mate, um, Elliot Yo could be the one for me, which means I need to find some money somewhere else to make those kind of moves. So I shook my head at Nick Dacos. Who knows what I'll do? But because uh, even, yeah. even Jack Lowe's had a little bit of an extra price tag to him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. All right. Do, do you want to run through yours really quickly? Do you want to go your sick? Go. Back six, James Sicily, Tom Stewart, Nick Dacos, Elliot Yo, Ruben Gimby, Jack Bowes with Darcy Wilmot and Corey Wagner on the bench. And for me is Sicily with uh, Sam Doherty, Jordan Dawson, Ruben Gimby, uh, Connor McKenna, uh, Weddle, and then Wilmot and Wagner on the bench for me at the moment. So beautiful. So just before we wrap it up, guys, we're going to give you four names. Well, I am. Rob may have others of who we would recommend you steer clear from in your back line for this year. So for me, it's Marcus Adams, 384K from Brisbane, injury prone. He may play a few good games, but, yeah, I can't remember the last time he played a 20-game season. Rob, any you can shed any light on that one? Yeah, no, I agree. No, nah, yep. I'll, let, I'll let you roll through these, mate. I think we're okay. pretty spot on with some of these that you've got. Yep. Uh, Brody Smith, Adelaide, 450K. Uh, yes, he does kick the ball a lot, but he goes missing like you would not believe. Uh, some people think that we're, we're talking dirty here and trying to throw people off the centre picking him, but there's games where he will get you your hundreds, but there are games where he'll get you 30. And yep. if you want to be in that upper echelon of Supercoach players for 2023... Rob and I both recommend staying away. Yep. Um, and two from West Coast. So Alex Witherton, he is 554K. And yes, he played 13 games last year and averaged 92, but he played twos in a West Coast team that had no one last year. So for me, um, with a close to full strength side in West Coast, um, getting back to the way they want to play football, He's a big no for me. 
Yeah, he's, an, he's a really interesting one, isn't he? He's one of those ones that every time he plays, he gets stats. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not quality stats, it's fantasy stats. Yeah. And you, we, yeah. I mean, those, I'm showing my age now, but the old Joel Bowden back in the day, yep. um, nothing against Joel Bowden as a player, but he used to rack up the stats. But again, yeah, who knows what Eagles are going to do with their team and what that looks like, how fit is Hearn. But Hearn signed on to play again. They play a similar role. So a lot of the time, with it and yep. came in just because someone went out. So too yep. risky. Yep. Yep. And you've just touched on him, Shannon Hearn. 577K, which would put him in the top 10 for premiums in Supercoach. Uh, we both believe that given his age, so he's 36 years old this year, and um, like he's done it fairly tough, especially last year in a depleted side with travel um, and all the likes. Uh, there were some soft, t- soft tissue concerns at one stage as well. Um, yeah, 577 based on what he's done the past 10 years isn't too bad, but it's a big no for me. I believe they're going to rest him. I believe they're going to manage him. He may even take on more of a mentor role this year and teach some of these kids coming through uh, how to be productive in their back line. Yeah, no, it's too risky for me at that price. I think like we've talked about before, when you've got someone like a Bailey Dale that's cheaper than him, an Angus Brayshaw that's cheaper than him, a Dan Houston who's cheaper than him, I'm just kind of having a quick. Even Vloston with the role that he was playing last mm-hmm. year, cheaper than him. Um, Isaac Cumming was another one that we didn't talk about. There's, there's yeah. plenty there for us to talk through. I mean, there's even the old pig, Jake Lloyd himself. Who knows what he's going to do? But those players, to me already, would be less risk than Shannon Hearn, and they're already at a lower price. So a lot of this comes down, listeners, to to not what they score, but what their price sets them at at, at the moment. So it's like an Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall's an absolute no for me. Watch that might bite mm-hmm. me. He comes back with 150 in round one or something. Yeah. But, uh, we'll but then see. his hamstrings Watch. will go in round four. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we know Clarko loves the chip-chip around. He won't mm-hmm. want, Clarko won't want to get beat, and Clarko won't want to get beat bad. So he might get that chip roll out the back. I don't know. But he's Clarkson will also want to start showing that there's potential for the future to those Ruse fans. So, mm-hmm. um, again, yeah, too risky for me. There we go. All right. So for our viewers, that's us covering the back line for AFL Supercoach 2023. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, Molten Fantasy Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the likes will be on YouTube as well. Um, any questions, please send them through to us on social media. We'll endeavour to get back to you. And uh, stay tuned for our next episode, which will air a couple of days from now, where we will run through the midfield, our pigs, our um, our pigs. So our mid, our higher end fantasy, you must picks. Um, our mid price maniacs, um, our rookies or our schoolboys that we're picking, and uh, we'll do the same with our forward line and our rucks. And then after that, we'll go into each team. We'll give you a bit of a snippet as to um, the role that that team or or the the role within uh, the team that players play from Adelaide right through to the Western Bulldogs, uh, fantasy relevance. um, And like we said before, Geelong use the ball a lot more than Adelaide. There's more points there. Brisbane kick the ball a lot more than uh, any other team. They're number one in the comp. So if you're looking for points that way, We'll go for Brisbane players. So, yeah, please like, share, um, and stay tuned for our next episode. But from me and Robbie, take care of yourselves.